What's up, citizens of Apologia? This is King Ginger, and I just wanted to take a moment to encourage you all to sign up for Apologia All Access. When you sign up for Apologia All Access, you're going to get exclusive on-demand content. This means that you and your entire family are going to get to watch every single TV show, every single after show, and every single Apologia Academy with new content dropping every single week. But most importantly, your contribution helps Apologia Studios create quality, Christ-centered entertainment that reaches millions of people on our YouTube channels and through our podcast with the gospel. So what are you waiting for? Change everything at ApologiaRadio.com. Non-rock-a-botus must stop. I don't want to rock the boat. I want to sink it. Are you going to bark all day, little doggy, or are you going to bite? Brett, delusional is okay in your worldview. I'm an animal. You don't chastise chickens for being delusional. You don't chastise pigs for being delusional. So you calling me delusional using your worldview is perfectly okay. It doesn't really hurt. She <laughs> hung up on me. Desperate times call for faithful men and not for careful men. The careful men come later and write the biographies of the faithful men, lauding them for their courage. Go into all the world and make disciples. Not go into the world and make buddies. Not to make brosives. Right. Don't go into the world and make homies. Right. Disciples. I got, I got a bit of a jiggle neck. <laughs> That's a joke, Pastor. When we have the real message of truth, we cannot let somebody say they're speaking truth when they're not. Take an amazing journey to a place that will blow your mind and move your heart so you will never be the same again. It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains. And shall be lifted up above the hills, and all the nations shall flow to it. And many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. What's up, y'all? This is Apologia Radio. That was Isaiah chapter 2, guys. Isaiah chapter 2, good passage to meditate on, especially in our day when we see so much injustice, so much pain, and yet we know that Christ is ruling. This is the gospel heard around the world, Apologia Radio. You know where you get us. It's ApologiaRadio.com or ApologiaStudios.com. Get all the past episodes. Sign up for all access. You get all the television shows. You get the after show. You get Apologia Academy, and we're adding some new stuff to Apologia Academy in the next couple of months. I think it's going to blow your mind. It's going to bless you a bunch uh, thanks. Shout out to everybody who partners with Apologia Church and Apologia All Access. Thank you guys so much for partnering with us. You make everything we do possible. Don't forget to go to endabortionnow.com, guys. Get partnered with your church. Right now, over 180 churches across the United States are partnered with Apologia. And in abortion now, bringing the gospel to abortion mills across the country. Babies are being saved every week. So praise God. By the way, as I introduce everyone that's here today, for all the churches that are already connected with Apologia Church, End abortion now. Can you start sending us messages with your stories? We'd love to hear those. I get them. I get them like personally, like randomly. I get them. But like send them to like endabortionnow.com official so that Marcus can get them. Tim and Zach and Joy can get them so they can start putting them up and we can share those stories because they're amazing. And so 
do that. And for those of you guys that are waiting for your kits, they're coming. FedEx is a beast. <laughs> it's a beast. And they're yeah. taking, they're ta it's really, we're, right now we're sort of at their mercy. So just hang in there, guys. It's it coming. It really, everything, when you're, so forget everything you know about shipping your one small package to your relatives for Christmas. Right. Like, that's not how this is going. Mm -mm. Because we're talking, we're shipping it, you know, and in two pieces, and then, like you said, over 180 churches. Mm -hmm. So... That's a, a lot that's of a different pain. things to do. Oh. So, so uh, not by the quite way, the same. that's Joy the Girl. Hey, Joy. Hi there. And uh, Marcus King Ginger. Hey, what's up? He's actually in the studio today. Right. Almost done with the new set, guys. Next week with Jeff Durbin's coming very, very soon. Literally mopping the set now. Literally mopping it. So we're finishing all the <laughs> final touch-ups, guys. We're going to do some stuff you'll be seeing very, very soon with the set itself. And the show will be coming very, very soon. So keep praying for it, guys. And we have actually our new intern, Josh, is on the ones and twos right now. In the background, um, I don't know if he's gonna say hi, but Can you he's, say hi, Josh? he's there. Josh, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, Josh. Yeah, there he is. All right, he's got a good dude. Voice. He does. He has a good radio yeah, voice. Right. Radio voice. Right on. And actually, you know, we should have had jo we should have had a uh, Josh on the TV show today. Yeah. Luke's not here, Just, but Josh could be like a stand-in, like, 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 like a double. He's like a double for Luke. Yeah. <laughs> Luke, uh, Pastor Luke's not here today. He's taking uh, the week off, much-needed rest of his family, and so that's what's up with that. And this is actually his uh, their anniversary. Oh, that's right. I mean, not on the day that you're hearing this. But yeah, but this is uh, their anniversary week. Mm -hmm. oh, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Right today, on. Yep. Mm -hmm. Right on. All right. So hey, um, we have an important show to do, and I want to say before we introduce our guest and we start having this conversation. Look. We're going to have a conversation today about some, something that's an emotionally charged um, topic and, and subject and subject matter. Uh, so I just want to say ahead of time that our commitments as we have this conversation are humble commitments to the Word of God. It's with a recognition that we're sinners, that we are fallible human beings, that we make mistakes. Okay, all of us. That goes for you too listening, all right? And so I wanted to say at the start, as a church, having this show is part of the teaching arm of our church, and it's meant to bless the world with the gospel and the word of God. We want to seek justice. We want to see the world transformed to the glory of God for the name of Jesus and his sake. That's what we want to do. But our standard is the word of God. That's the foundation. So we want to approach this issue, listen closely, not as Republicans, not as typical evangelical conservatives, we want to approach this entire subject with the Word of God as our foundation, with a commitment to Christ's Lordship first and foremost, okay? And so I'd ask as you're listening to just be committed to the same, to be committed to the law of God and God's Word as the standard as we talk about these social issues, okay? And so let me go ahead and introduce our guest first. He is uh, one of my favorite people in the world. We love him. He's been a big part of Apologia uh, Church and Apologia Studios. And the new set. And the new set and all that we're doing. <laughs> and so he's had his hands over all this stuff, and uh, he's a blessing. Uh, he also is a Presbyterian, so don't hold that against him. Um, and so... <laughs> we won't. <laughs> okay, good. We won't. And, At least uh, one of us will. <laughs> that's right. His name is Ivy Connerly. Ivy, welcome back to Apologia Radio, brother. Hey, guys. Good to be here. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. We love having you on, man. And well, first of all, how are things in California right now, man? You said how hot it is? Yeah, how are things right now? How are things going for you in California right now? Oh, 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 
Oh, oh, things are good. Um, you when, know, when are you moving to Arizona? That's the question. Um, but uh, compared to Arizona's heat, uh, I can't complain. I mean, I think we're about a hundred degrees today. So yeah, we've been over 120. <laughs> I'm in the house with AC, so I'm spoiled right yeah. now. It's all hey, good. Yeah, we've been over 120. Air, Arizona's air conditioners are working overtime this week. Every yeah, year, I this bet. time, every year, this time. You start asking the question, now, why do I live here again? Right. And you start looking at websites <laughs> uh, for homes for sale in other states. Right. Or just up north. <laughs> I ask that question every time I notice there's no trees. That's right. <laughs> Marcus and I were driving the other day to go buy a desk for um, the set. And, um, of course, I was driving uh, because that's just how it has to be. Um, <laughs> Marcus, Marcus just came up to me because he loves me, and he's like, here's the keys. He didn't even, like, wait for me to ask for him. He's like, here's your keys. Uh, so, but we got in the car, and Marcus and I, for the first 10 minutes, we're doing our best not to touch anything in the car. Right. You develop a very, very unique skill in Arizona, and that is the ability to drive a vehicle on a highway without touching a thing. Right. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> it's actually possible. You can drive a car without touching the wheel. It, there are ways. It's a skill. That there are you ways, bro. When you live here, you don't even want to know. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we want to have a discussion today. We think it's important to have, and 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 you know the reason why is because we think God is honored in these kinds of discussions, and we believe that people are loved in these kinds of discussions. But from my perspective, besides those issues, um, we want to have this discussion because I I can't find I. I and that, but this might come across as really arrogant, so please don't take it that way, because I don't mean it in any way arrogant, okay? But I just wanted to say, I can't find anybody talking about it from the perspective of biblical law. So I'm, I'm trying, like, where are the Christian organizations having this conversation from the perspective of the law of God as the source of knowledge and wisdom on it, right? I, I, I do see, mind you, I do see Christian organizations, major Christian organizations, having discussions about social justice and police brutality and racism. But I honestly, I see them having them kind of along the same lines as the liberal organizations that reject the word of God. They're having them, I think, in the wrong direction and not a very helpful way. So let me just say, we're going to talk today about the shooting. Um, many of you guys, have, if you've been watching the news, then you know uh, about the shooting that happened and the recent acquittal of the police officer who was involved in the shooting who actually shot, uh, Philando Castile. Um, from our perspective, um, well, let me, let, me not, let me not do that yet. Let me just go ahead and get into this. Uh, let me talk to you, Ivy. Tell me about where you're at personally right now. You, you are very, we, the reason we're having you on is because, number one, we love you, we respect you. But we saw, obviously, your video the other day, your Facebook Live video, very, very passionate about this. So I want to ask you, tell us what's going on with you right now, emotionally, how you feel about this. Well, um, to be honest, uh, you know, I, I mean, it's good to, you know, chuckle and, you know, I, I, I'm amongst friends. So, you know, I mean, I like to smile. You guys have been joy to my heart. Uh, at the same time, right now, emotionally, um, I'm still pissed. King James Version word. I'm still pissed. Yes. Um, uh, about this situation and about the response from other evangelicals. Or Christians, rather, uh, and 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 it hurts my heart that that scripture tells us to mourn with those who mourn, and I see people that are that are struggling to try to justify what has happened to this man in front of his family, um, 
Uh, yes, uh, we we know he had a girlfriend. He wasn't married. That's not you know uh, biblical. But he had a daughter, you know, in the back seat. And no matter what, it was a human being. He was a human being who um who who just one just 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 one quick just I mean within a blink of an eye lost his life. Seven shots entered into his body, and we go on as soon as that happened to justify it. You know, we we we've been justifying it. Or a lot uh, a lot of people have been justifying it. Um, when it comes to the video that Diamond, his girlfriend, post that that you know that was in the media for a while, and then when the police um, body cam arrived and we saw even more, we went further into justification. And like the Word of God says, and of course in the context is talking about a slave and its slave masters, but Exodus 21 and 20. It says, if a man smite his servant or his maid with a rod that he died, under his hand he shall be surely punished. And notwithstanding, if he continue a day or two, then he shall not be punished for um, he is his money. Now, we understand what that means. Of course, you know, uh, that's where the slave is getting his money from. He's not, he's still living. But But the point that I'm making is, the law requires punishment. God's law requires punishment if you strike your servant. In this case, this is a civilian who you're supposed to be, uh, I mean, you sworn an oath, at least uh, uh, most of them or some of them have, to protect and serve. That's your duty. And I have many things to say about it, but, but, but you know, like what I said in the video, I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm angry that people aren't using common sense. You know, yeah. it shows that he had a, 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 a record. If you want to call it a criminal record, that's fine. But traffic violation, he has that in this path. Um, he's driving. The lights come on. He pulls over. Now, in, in his mind, you would have to say that the police were justified in shooting him because he pulls over and um, he's thinking, well, Here's my chance to give it to this uh, police officer, because when he comes and start asking me questions, I'm going to comply with everything, and then I'm going to shoot him at the last minute. I mean, you would have to imply that. I mean, that's I mean, that's just what seems like a lot of people are are initially saying. And so, I'm mad that 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 people aren't thinking. Wait a minute, put yourself in his shoes. He works with youth. He's a you know, he serves in the cafeteria at his school. He's a he's a role model. They called him, I believe, um, uh, Mr. Rogers with, with dreads, a black Mr. Rogers with dreads. I mean, that, that, that tells you a lot. And he tells the officer, he willingly tells him, I have a license to carry, so I do have a gun on me. He, so he informs the officer, you know, what he has in the car, and obviously when you see him in the video giving him some type of uh, document whether it's registration or insurance uh, he gives him something but it's not his ID because he still stands there and wait any other cop that receives uh, an ID or a license they go straight to the uh, squad corps and then they see if he has any warrants and you know blah 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 you know, it, you know the routine so well at least I know the routine a lot <laughs> but the fact of the matter is is that he complies with the officer, and the officer says, okay, don't, we hear the audio. Don't reach for it. And some people hear this. 
well, I have to, I have to get it. I have to reach for it. Like it's in his pocket, some would say, or it, or it was in his glove box. We're going to we're actually, we're we're actually still are unclear about well, that. We're gonna, but he had to reach to get his ID out. We're going to play. We're going to play the, the audio. Officer, we're going we're gonna to play that audio. I'm sorry. We're, 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 yeah, we're going to play the actual audio so you'll be able to hear what he says. He clearly says that he's not. And so does she. Yes, yes, yes. I've heard that too, but I've heard people argue against that. And it's crazy because it's like, okay, well, maybe yours is different from mine. I mean, but anyway, what made me really upset is he's telling the officer what he's going to do. He told him that he had a gun. Listen, if I'm going to shoot someone, if anybody in their right mind is going to shoot someone, they're not going to tell that individual that I have a gun. I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> I have a gun, and I'm going to pull it out to shoot you. I mean, he act in. Uh, um, I'm, I'm, I mean, you know, the officer was, you know, was 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 very imposing his reaction, and and that's what brought about this tragic uh, event that this four year old had to witness. She's going to be traumatized probably for life and even his girlfriend, you know, maybe never trusting law enforcement again, or, you know, those that, um, patrol the streets that's supposed to protect us, man. And, 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 and we have a right as American citizens to feel safe in our streets. It's not like we live in third world countries where fellow rallies or whoever they are, just shoot down civilians just for the heck of it because they're trying to extort them or whatever the case may be. But but sticking to this case, it angers me when people are saying, well, you know, he shouldn't have reached, he shouldn't have, like, everything, show me in scripture where you have to comply with everything that the magistrates uh, said you had to do. Hop on one leg, get on the ground. None of that stuff is, like, we have constitutional rights. When I get pulled over, I tell the police officer, with all due respect, I have the right to remain silent since I'm being detained. And so in this case, it, it really saddens me because this man clearly was not pulling out his weapon to shoot this officer. The officer had to drop on him. He's over him. You know, he has his family in his car. Obviously, if he's this, you know, this person that they're describing as being a decent citizen in, um, in his community, he is not going to put his family in jeopardy. And, 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 and you know what even gets me further upset is the fact that, that when you see him in in video after the verdict, there's like no remorse on this guy's face at all. Yancey, uh, Officer Yancey, or Yanez. You know, you know, there's there's just no emotion there. I mean, I mean, if anything, it's more of like a smirk or it's more like, I'm glad that I got off. And he wasn't even charged with murder. He wasn't even charged with second degree murder but was charged with manslaughter and second degree at that yeah, which well, it would have probably spent the maximum five years we're going to talk a bit about that too for what we was charged with yeah. for murder so yeah. yeah i don't want to keep rambling on so all right i'll let you no, know well, let me let me right. i'm going to ask you the hard question now okay because this this is unfor- yeah. unfortunately the context in which we speak and and oftentimes you run into this it may even be unspoken, but it might be lurking. It might be lingering. IV, are you supporting this whole issue? Are you where you're at because you're black? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But you know, but at the same time, this particular situation, um, it has. It's it, okay. Let me 
let me let me rephrase this. It's not merely because I'm black at all. But 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 there is there is a part of me that um can relate to being treated unjustly because of the you know because of the color of my skin. Right. So I uh, so 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 this case does resonate with me and bring about passion uh and emotion that um you know, that I, you know, that that is normal for me to have as a human being right. because I, I, I understand that that could have been me. Right. And many cases, I barely escaped um, incidents like what happened with uh, Philando Castillo. Yeah. Well, I want to make sure I put it on, we put it on record so that people will be open to listening to all of us as we discuss this, talking about the law of God and um, what, what would be appropriate behavior for a police officer in this kind of context. So... Would it be fair to say that you are most concerned with the issues of justice surrounding this, and and you're you're less concerned about, about the race issue? So for you, it's not race first, and then some fuzzy idea of justice. Is it is it primarily that you are indignant right now because there's been a perversion of justice, or is it that it's because it this is an issue of racism? No, it's it's justice first. We, I mean, the law of God, the word of God. It 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 it. it there's there is there's nothing that that um. There is nothing that gets us off the hook when it comes to God giving commands and we not complying with His commands. So that's the standard, right? Right. It's the standard that all Christians live by. So that's first and foremost. What does our heavenly Father tell us? what to do and how to do it and how do you know, you know, you know, in life, in everyday life. And so when I see someone acting contrary to the word of God, like this officer in this case, then I have a problem with that because you're not obeying Jesus. There you go. And when I see anyone not obeying Jesus, it makes me angry and it should make every Christian angry and we should hold them accountable for that. Right. And, uh, so, 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 of course, it's not just, oh, man, my, my ancestors have been lynched and been treated wrong in America for so long. That's, 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 not, that's, that's not first on the list. The list is, you defy my God. Mm. And you live in a world where, where, you know, okay, the ruler of this world to be cast out. Christ rules and reigns. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father for his uh, people. And... He is Lord over all, and you're lying about that mm. when you take a life. All right, when guys. When you take an innocent life, you lie about that, and we right. hold you accountable. ApologiaRadio.com, guys, where you go. Stay with us, guys. Important show. We're going to talk about the law of God in a moment. We're going to play some clips from the actual footage of the day of the shooting, from the day of the shooting. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about... What true conservatism, conservatism, wait, conservatism ought to be. We're going to talk about how far we've fallen, and we're going to uphold God's standards of justice. Bear back. Ladies and gentlemen, beauties. 
Ladies and beasts, I have some good news for you. But in order for me to tell you the good news, I must share with you the bad. A beard can be a most magnificent thing, but it can also be the downfall of a man. An unmaintained beard prevents a face from shining. An unmaintained beard causes dry, itchy skin. An unmaintained beard is a source of beardruff. You know, like dandruff, but beardruff. An unmaintained beard is sharp and ruthless, like iron bristles, not good for the lady friend. An unmaintained beard forfeits future growth based on the lack of preparation today. And let's not forget that an unmaintained beard robs your face from smelling amazing. Let not thy beard be thy downfall. Protect your manlyhood. An epic combination of manliness and manhood. If you are hearing this today, there is hope for your beard. Go to youcosbeard.com and enter the code APOLOGIA and you can save some money while you save your face. What's up, y'all? This is Jeff Durbin with Apologia Radio at ApologiaRadio.com. Want to talk to you guys about an amazing connection that we have right now with Whitfield Theological Seminary. I want you to run over to Whitfield.edu, Whitfield.edu, W-H-I-T-E-F-I-E-L-D.edu. I want you to check out the programs they have. They have undergraduate programs at Whitfield College, and they also have Whitfield Theological Seminary for the graduate degree and above and beyond. I, I think you'll really be impressed with the rigorous nature of the classes, the consistent biblical worldview taught and adhered to. I want you to contact Whitfield Theological Seminary at whitfield.edu. Get a hold of our friend, Dr. Kenneth Talbot, and start your classes today. ApologiaRadio.com. For 21 years and counting, New St. Andrews College has sought to obey Christ's great commission to disciple nations and build him a house. Not just in Jerusalem, but throughout the world. Not with stones and mortar, but with living stones. We build and fight. This is the task of a Christian liberal arts college, to equip students with the tools to build and fight. And this is our joyful task as we seek to graduate leaders who shape culture through wise and victorious living. To learn more, check us out online at nsa.edu. chapter 2 as we open up the episode today. Here's the thing. I think I can demonstrate from the scriptures that Jesus is reigning now. That he's ruling now. That he is King of Kings and Lord of Lords now. That Psalm chapter 2 applies to 2017 the United, these United States. That Psalm chapter 2 where the Father says to the world, obey the Son or you'll perish, where it says, the Father says to the Son, ask of me and I'll give you the nations for your inheritance. I think I can demonstrate from the scriptures that we have been delivered out of the domain of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear Son. I think I can demonstrate from the scriptures that Jesus is seated now, putting all of God's enemies under his feet, making a footstool for his feet. I think I can demonstrate that Jesus said to the Jews of his day, he says that his kingdom had actually arrived. Because he says, if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. 
so that his kingdom is here. He has made us a kingdom, priests. And so when you look at Psalm, or sorry, Isaiah chapter 2, the promise there is that the nations would stream up to the mountain of God. That's what you see today. I mean, look, look, look at the show today. You've got on the show today people whose ancestors were pagans, right? And you've got different colors of skin, right, represented on the show today. And yet one Lord, one Messiah, one Savior, one God, Gentiles who worship and love the Lord God of Israel because of Jesus, the nation streaming up to the mountain of God. But look at the promise in Isaiah chapter 2. Look what it says as, is as a, a result of the kingdom of the Messiah, his rule. It says this, And out of Zion shall go the Torah, the law of God. And if you go further into that same text, Isaiah chapter 42, it talks about the servant whom God upholds, his chosen, in whom his soul delights. He puts his spirit upon them. And look what he says in chapter uh, 42, verse 1, it says, um, he will bring forth justice to the nations. He will bring forth justice to the nations. Verse four, he will not grow faint or be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands wait for his law. You see, I, we are in the Puritan tradition. We like, to, we like to describe our position as a new Puritanism because that's the line that we're in in terms of historical, historic theology we believe that Christ's lordship extends over every single, single area of life, every realm. So I actually believe that Romans 13 says that the civil magistrate, the government, is God's deacon. He's not the servant, which is what deacon is, of some other God, not some strange God. That the government is actually God's servant, and he's supposed to uphold justice. That's the role of the civil magistrate, to be God's servant. Not to serve another God, but to serve the true God. And so we believe that the law of God, of course, can never save anybody. It cannot justify anybody, not to any degree. If you attempt so, it's a false gospel. But however, we believe that part of uh, one of the constituent elements of the promise of the new covenant is that when God would bring the Messiah and bring salvation, he would change hearts. And what does it say in Jeremiah 31, 31? It says that he would put his law within us. It's no longer outside of us on tables of stone. The law is now coming from within us. It's internalized as part of the inside of us, right? The law of God's written in our hearts. And of course, Ezekiel 36, famous for most reformed folks, what does it say? God puts his spirit within us and he causes us to obey his statute. So here's my point. We believe that it is the role of the bride of Christ to be Christ's helpmeet. As Christ takes dominion over the earth through his gospel, bringing about salvation, the bride of Christ is his helpmeet, right? And we are his witnesses in the world to his love and to his law. And so we believe that in these instances where you see this stuff happening in society, we can't go the way of the liberals, where you just start becoming white noise, hanging on to their traditions and their principles, saying, yeah, that's the problem. It's racism. That's the main thing. Go after that. Because that's not the problem. You can't solve racism through the government. If somebody truly is a racist, say you have a racist cop, okay? Say you have a real racist, corrupt cop. You can't fix the racism in his heart through the government. But you can protect the people that he hates and would abuse by installing righteous standards of justice, God's standards of justice that would protect the innocent. And that's what the law of God does. It protects the innocent. It preserves the innocent. It punishes people who hurt innocent 
people. It brings harmony in that way. So I just want to just have a moment here to talk, and I want everyone please to, to join in here. I want to talk about the law of God and God's standards, okay? So just, Marcus, add something to this conversation well, in terms of the law of God. Well, I think, you know, we're, the black community specifically, and most, pe- most Americans really, are living under a tyranny, right? So there's injustice because there's a tyranny. And so we, we have to understand that that all these things that we see with the police, whether it's uh, whether it's shootings or just uh, unconstitutional, ridiculous arrests and and tasing, all these things are because we live under a system that allows for it first and foremost, right? So the Bible has very clear standards of what a crime is and what a crime is not, mm-hmm. how to determine who is guilty, how to determine who is not. And so for an example for this with uh, Castile is he was pulled over for not having a taillight. Now, the Bible says that you're to have a parapet around the roof. Right. But it doesn't say that there are people going around making sure that there are people who have parapets around the roof. Finding people for not having a railing around the roof. Yeah, that's not in Scripture. And can you just help people who are new to this, Marcus, okay. so that we don't talk over anybody? What, it, what was that law about? Okay, so... If, if you ha- people, people would gather on their rooftops, so they were flat and it was like another room. Mm-hmm. And so you had to have a, a, a fence around the roof. And if somebody fell, uh, you were responsible if you did not have that protection because it's about loving your neighbor. Because you shall not kill is the law of God. And the railing around the roof of the house is about that law of you should not kill. Yeah, and preservation, loving, and loving your neighbor. Preservation of human life. Right. That's right. So there weren't people going around to make sure and fine you and give you a ticket if you didn't have a fence around your roof. But if somebody fell and you didn't have a fence around your roof. You didn't preserve life. You didn't preserve life. Yeah. You were responsible. Right. So when we look at our laws, I call them, I call a majority of our laws they're Minority Report crimes. After the movie Minority Report. After the movie Minority Report. Because, because they predict crime. They pre, stop, pre-crime. Yeah, it's pre-crime. So it stops crime from happening. So we, well, we say, well, someone isn't loving their neighbor because they have a taillight out. Okay, that's true. And if they get in a wreck because someone has a missing headlight or a taillight, then they should be responsible for that, and they should pay the penalty for that, whether it's... Uh, uh, restitution, or whether it's it's uh, somebody died. Somebody died. Yeah, right. and even in that, even in that instance, it might be possible that the person didn't know their taillight was out. They didn't know, right? And and, and the Bible even grants them uh, the the ability to go to a sanctuary city, right, in which they can live there and and not have to uh, fear for like their life from the victim, right, or from or, the victim's or from family. the people, yeah, you know. Right. So, so there's even protections for those who have a genuine accident. Uh, so, so now when we tell the police and we say, uh, all right, police, you can now go and find any criminal under the excuse that there might be a taillight, we give the police officers permission to murder someone in the front seat. We give them the ability to do that. The opportunity. And the opportunity, yeah. right. So, so that, that's a problem. We're living under a tyranny. So, so the answer is not, you know, we were talking about this before. So you have conservatives and liberals, right? And mm-hmm. so conservatives are small government. Supposed to be. Supposed to be. They right. were originally small government. Right. And liberals now 
are seeing the benefits of small government when it comes to justice. So you have the Huffington Post who just posted that article saying that maybe police shouldn't patrol, right? Right. Maybe they should just be first responders. Right. And not patrol, which would it's of course that that would be biblical, right? That would be biblical. That would be a biblical position. But then you have conservatives responding saying, "No, they need to patrol. They need to carry a big stick. They need to, you know, find criminals." Mm-hmm. And that's not biblical. Role, that's not biblical. It's not not what a role of police officer do. So we have this switch up, right, where the liberals are saying, "We want immorality, and the best way to get immorality is lesser government," and then the conservatives are saying. We want a morality, and the best way to get morality is bigger government. Right. So, like, we've switched the the morality and the government, like, we flipped it. The spectrum has changed. Where if you have a spectrum, think in front of you right now, of a spectrum of of liberal and socialist on the one hand, and over on the other hand, you've got conservative and, uh, let's say, Republican, Right. right, on the other side. Well, it used to be, say, uh, say around, say, 1940, 1950, that was a clearly marked distinction. You could see, okay, that's liberal socialist, and over here, this is conservative Republican. Now, things have broken down over time really so quickly. Now, what was really the standard of conservatism and Republican was now moved over to where socialist and liberal used to be. Right. It's just moved over. All right, and without a standard, it creates a lot of confusion because you're like, oh, look at this Huffington Post article. Right. Look what Young Turk said. Look what Trevor Noah said. All these liberals, I agree with them. Right. And now all these, all your friends on your Facebook feed are like, "You've gone liberal, man." Right. And it's not true. Do you? Yeah. It's like it's it, it's important. Do you realize that when you hear people say from our perspective saying smaller government, um, you've got to you got to do something about the police force and the kind of authority and power that they have, right? And you got to you got to limit their power, mm-hmm. right? You you have people saying, "Oh, you sound like a liberal." It's like, no, no, that's right. traditional conservative values. Right. That's what our country was founded on. The police force didn't have these kinds of powers and, and this kind of authority early on. Right. Didn't exist at all, actually. Right. Um, and so go ahead, sorry. And well, that's the problem with like the Libertarian Party now, because the Libertarian Party is getting both. They're getting conservatives that want limited government and liberals that want a limited, limited government. And, and there's no way to like, they have no objective standard as to like how to do that, enforce that. So right. we would say that, well, the answer would be the, the Bible. Right. And essentially reducing the Bible, the government's role down to that one verse in Romans 13. It says that they're servants of God to terrorize those who do evil. Right. So doing evil like that. So what is evil? Is, is driving around without a taillight evil? No. It's reckless. It's going over the speed limit. That's reckless. But it's not evil the the evil is when your recklessness victim creates a victim yes right so it's exactly and go ahead Davi. Uh, no sir you know exactly and and and, and you know it, it was deceptive from the start because you 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 obviously hear the officer um you you hear his intentions and his motives for pulling um, Castile over. Which really wasn't the tail he fit the description. Yeah. Right. He fit the description of someone who robbed someone. But then when he gets to Castile, he doesn't tell him that. He tells him, you know, don't you, don't you know you, you have a busted uh, tail light or your, your tail light is not, is, that was not honest. the reason for the stop. It was, yeah, it wasn't even Because honest. he confessed the reason for the stop before he stopped him. And that was, he fit the description. Right. Yes. And he fit the description of someone who was robbing. And so 
that was that was clear deception. And 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 and, and, and we see in, in Exodus twenty one again, uh, verse twelve: He that smiteth a man so that he die, he shall or, or shall be put on uh, surely put to death. It's, I mean, it's a capital offense. And then at the same time, another capital offense is a man stealer. What happened to his girlfriend? She got arrested. Yeah, she was kidnapped. You know, I mean, you, you detain someone and then you take someone into custody outside of their will, didn't do anything wrong. That's a clear case of kidnapping. Yeah, she was clearly a victim. As far as I see it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, when, when, yeah, when, you, when you take another human being and you put them in handcuffs and behind a cage... And you you stop them from being being able to go anywhere. Uh, that's that can definitely fall into a category of kidnapping, even if you have a blue suit on and a badge. Right. Right. And right. Uh, biblical law doesn't right. have because this. What was, what was the, right. What was her violation? Yeah. I mean, what did she do? And the daughter is even in the back of the squad car. Right. I mean, it 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 just it just got to where um, most people, <laughs> as well as myself, wanted to vomit. At the whole situation. Yeah. So, injustice across the board. Let me just lay this down, and I want to hear from Joy. Um, a couple things to consider in terms of biblical justice. Uh, yeah, I'm going to add one more thing to what you said, Marcus. Uh, when you talk about um, um, negligent stuff, that's in the law of God, negligent. Right. So, for example, um, you also have the axe head problem in Scripture, where if you have an axe head, it's known to be loose, right. and you keep swinging it when you know that it's loose and you don't do anything about it, and it flies off that handle, and it goes and hits somebody in the neck, and they bleed out, and they die. Well, you are guilty, right? right? If but, if it's repeated negligence, but you don't you don't get tickets and fines and police walking around checking axe heads, right? Exactly, right? That, that's not in the law of God. Um, but however, if right. so, so how would that apply to like a vehicle? Well, let's say that your brakes starting to go out, and you go to get checked out on a mechanic. You go to a mechanic, you say my brakes sounding funny. He says your brakes are about to go out. You need to get them fixed now. And then you decide, oh, I'll get, I'll work on it. And then a month later, you've done nothing about it, right? And now your brakes go out and you run over a little girl. Well, guess what? That's your fault. Right. Because you knew that's and you didn't do anything about it. That's how you'd apply the general equity of the law of the axe head that's loose to a modern situation like a vehicle. But how about this? Um, in the law of God, there's the presumption of innocence always. You have to be proven guilty. So we always say in the United States, you're innocent until proven Guilty. That's what we always say. Guilty. Well, guess what? Guess where that comes from? That doesn't come from an atheistic society or framework. That comes straight from the Bible. I'll give you a couple examples. You know, from Leviticus all the way throughout, Jesus appeals to it, Paul appeals to it. I just look up the references because there's numerous. Um, you need to have two to three independent witnesses to make a case against somebody. So uh, Paul does it in this way. He says, receive no accusation against an elder unless there are two or three witnesses. There is Paul post-cross post-resurrection, post-ascension, appealing to the law, the judicial law in, in the Bible that says you can't even receive a charge against somebody unless there are two to three independent lines of witness and testimony. And that applies under the rule of Christ in the New Covenant. Clearly, no matter what your theology is, even if you're New Covenant theology, Paul pulled that one over. That stands and abides today. That's God's judicial standard. So, the law of God says innocent until proven guilty and only proven guilty on the basis of two to three independent lines of witness and testimony. That's the law of God. You got to have witnesses. And so here's the thing. There's no fishing allowed in God's law. You can't go out and say, stop and frisk. I really think maybe there's something. So let me go ahead and try to start messing with your property and your person to see if I can find a crime. You need to have witnesses and proof before you can charge somebody with anything. 
Um, God has specific standards in the law of God, even in terms of how you can execute somebody if it's even in self-defense. So for example, the law of God says if somebody breaks into your house and it's at night, you're allowed to actually defend yourself and kill them. If they're coming in as a thief to steal your television at nighttime, you don't know what their intentions are. You're vulnerable, you're asleep, and so you're allowed to actually defend yourself against even a thief at night because you don't know what their intentions are, but you're not allowed to just simply kill somebody who runs off with your TV in the daytime. The law of God would forbid that. You can't kill somebody, execute an image bearer of God because they're stealing from you. You can't do that under the law of God. And so um, you've got the right to remain silent in scripture. That goes back to the witnesses. You have to prove my guilt. I don't have to help you. The law of God says you've got to prove it and receive no accusation unless there's two to three independent lines of witness. And so the right to remain silent, that's not just some interesting law that came um, after modernity like, and that came somehow like from atheistic reason. The right to remain silent came from Scripture. That's biblical principles right there. Um, unlawful search and seizure, Bill of Rights. Where's that come from? Scripture. Scripture is big on this principle. You shall not steal. And so it's all about private property. There's the law of God warning people not to move their boundary marker. You're not supposed to steal someone's land in that way. Your stuff is your stuff. God is big on private property. And so you don't have the right as a police officer to start going through my things and searching for crime because I'm innocent until proven guilty and my property is my property. Those are some biblical principles. Okay, so let's lay those down and let's say God has standards of justice that even police officers have to abide by. Joy? Um, well, I want to touch on something you said. Well, you guys both kind of were talking about it, but how like liberals and conservatives have kind of like switched places. And I've seen a lot of conservatives, air quotes, and Christians sort of um, the uh, start thinking like the social justice movement. Yes, which I like to call the, call it creating a solution to a problem that doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. So here's what you need to consider while considering this case. Um, an image bearer of God was killed. Right. You don't need to defend the patriotism of the police profession or the morality of the cop. Um, cops are people um, and they're, they're not capable of being less sinful than me apart from the grace of God. Mm -hmm. um, so you don't need to assume that when someone calls out one cop that they're calling out all cops and, or consider that an attack of patriotism or a group of people. Um, and you don't, if someone's calling for police reform or government reform, you don't need to, they aren't attacking the United States. They aren't attacking. We have, well, I'm assuming this is why we see conservatives right. thinking like this because the conservatives have attached this patriotism to that particular profession. That's right. Um, and so um, people are out, they're outraged and uh, rightfully so by the violation of this man. He's a human being. Mm -hmm. And it is unfortunate that, um, the police officer was nervous, mm -hmm. but he killed a man. Right. And um, you can't deny, you can't deny um, harmony 
to the victim just because the series of events leading up to that were unfortunate. Like you just said, um, if you don't fix your brakes and you kill someone as a result of that, you didn't have a murderous rage in your heart, mm-hmm. but you still are guilty right. and justice has to be carried out. That's right. So the problem, there, there is no, you don't have to solve the problem that people are saying all cops are evil. Mm-hmm. Because that's not really a problem. Right. Um, of or course, all cops are racist. Right. I don't think anybody's really saying that. Right. And that's what I mean. That's what we're saying. Creating a solution to a problem that doesn't exist. Right. So for the Christian that is jumping to defend this police officer, don't. It doesn't need solving. The solution to it is that he killed a person. It doesn't matter if he's a cop. It doesn't matter if he was nervous. He killed a person. And what you should be seeking is justice that's right. biblical justice that's right and, and it needs to be pointed out here and i'll make sure i say it loud and clear um we think that the narrative of the left on these particular issues where they make it about race isn't helpful it isn't healthy and can i just point out that the person who shot philando castile a black man was not white no Okay. Well, and so, so, and that's the thing is you can. Right. It's another. It's another part of the whole creating a solution to a problem that doesn't exist. And another thing I would say to anyone who's thinking aligns with the social justice movement, I would say that um, you don't know that someone's a racist until they're a racist. So, so prove it. Right. Right. And so, if someone says something, and I'm definitely not letting racists off the hook, right. because I que- I would question any anyone who says they're saved mm-hmm. but is a racist. That's right. I would I would not even necessarily believe them. I don't buy it. Yeah. Right. So uh, so you can't um, you can't say that he was racist unless he proved it, unless he said something on the dash cam, unless he said, I'm going to do this because Mm -hmm. you're a black man. Mm -hmm. Um, He didn't say that. And the thing is, is that really takes away from, it doesn't need to be about that. It's enough. It's enough that this man was killed in front of his family. That is bad enough. That that demands justice enough. We don't have to add anything else to it. That's right. And just, just for the record. That is so true. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, yeah. Ivy. Well, no, no, no. I was just going to say, I mean, I mean, I mean, that's so true. Um, uh, uh, race isn't like, like, okay, let's say race, uh, you know, we get to a point where all the believers get together and then, okay, we, we tackle racism and then, um, you know, we see, hey, we're satisfied with the result of us um, finally, you know, putting putting the cap, putting the lid on this thing, uh, uh, racism, right? We we still haven't eliminated hate, and that's what's in the human heart. That's that's Regardless, yeah. you know, of the person's color, of their um, economic state, you name it, um, we, we, our hearts, like the scripture says, is um, desperately wicked, right? right? Uh, who can know it? And so we don't know why sometimes we may hate. It's just in, in our nature. That's why we live in repentance. And we, but, but, but the Christians should know this. And this is why we should always, um, uh, you know, just, 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 just have a biblical mindset when, when you know when we're approaching these things and when we're talking about these things, like in Ephesians six and twelve. For we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, 
but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness uh, of this age, against spiritual hosts in in uh, 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 of wickedness in, in heavenly places, right? And so, since 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 that's true, since that's a reality, then that's that's where we need to tackle it from. We need to understand that we as believers are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. And so he's given us authority as his church uh, in the power of the Holy Spirit to speak to those things that are um, against what he's against in those same heavenly realms. Very good. So just we're going to go to a commercial break here, guys. But let me just go ahead and read the definitions of degrees of murder in our system of justice today. First degree murder is any intentional murder that is willful and premeditated with malice aforethought. Uh, felony murder is typically first degree. So you plan this murder and you go through with it. That's abortion. first first degree murder. Abortion is uh, first degree murder. Second degree murder is any intentional murder with malice aforethought, but is not premeditated or planned. Okay, Voluntary manslaughter, also referred to as third degree murder, sometimes called a crime of passion murder, is any intentional killing that involves no prior intent to kill and which was committed under such circumstances that would cause a reasonable person to become emotionally or mentally disturbed. Both this and second-degree murder are committed on the spot under a spur-of-the-moment choice, but the, other, the, the two differ in the magnitude of the circumstances surrounding the crime. For example, a bar fight that results in death would ordinarily constitute second-degree murder, if that same bar fight stemmed from a discovery of infidelity, however, it might be mitigated to voluntary manslaughter. Involuntary manslaughter, sometimes referred to as murder in the fourth degree, a killing that stems from a lack of intention to cause death, but involving an intentional or negligent act leading to death. A drunk driving-related death is typically involuntary manslaughter. Um, and uh, note that the unintentional element here refers to the lack of intent to bring about the death. So you didn't really, you didn't mean to at all but it took place, right? Um, all three crimes above feature an intent to kill, whereas involuntary manslaughter is unintentional because the killer did not intend uh, for a death to result from their, in, from their uh, intentional actions. So there you go. There are the uh, standard definitions, and it'd be good to note here that the police officer who killed um, Castile, uh, he was found not guilty uh, of manslaughter. And so that's, uh, that's where the case went. So... Continue the discussion. Quick break, guys. Come right back, guys. We're going to play some of the clips for you from the actual uh, from the actual uh, conflict itself. Apologiaradio.com. Stay with us, guys. Don't forget to share this episode with somebody you love. Be right back. This is the Chocolate Knox. If you love that wonderful sensation of chewing glass... This is the show for you. <laughs> Cross Politic is a weekly show and podcast that mixes the taboo formula of faith, culture, and politics, proclaiming the Lordship of Christ in every corner of our culture. Hallelujah. Gabriel Wrench is a deacon from Texas, and he wears overalls. One time. <laughs> Chocolate Knox, a.k.a. David Shannon, he's a movie maker from Minnesota. Action! I'm Toby Sumter, pastor here in Moscow, Idaho, and... I used to live in Alaska. Did you know that? No. no. We've interviewed everyone from Alveda King to Ted Cruz to Steve Dace to Walter Williams. And we invite you to join us here at Cross Politic as we learn to fight, laugh, and feast all to the glory of God. CrossPolitik.com.
Hi, I'm Les. And I'm Tanner. And we're the hosts of the Reformed Pubcast. A weekly podcast where two friends get together and talk about the things that they love. It's like all those times you talked about theology over a pint of beer with your friends, but we're just dumb enough to record it. It's the theology of Calvin and the thirst of Luther. Join in on the conversation by subscribing on iTunes or your favorite podcast catcher. It's the Reformed Pubcast. Let's talk. So, big subject. I know we can't do justice to it uh, in just one episode, but we thought we would we would spend time on it because it's right in front of all of us right now. It's all over social media. Everybody's talking about it, and we think it's important for the church to have a voice here that's meaningful, that's not uh, merely white noise uh, and just arbitrary standards everyone's kicking about, saying, how do we solve this problem? So let's uh, go ahead and go to the video itself now. I know that we're on radio right now, so it's going to be hard to hear some of this. But you guys can do it yourselves. Just go to YouTube and uh, search Philando Castile um, footage, and you guys can see it yourself. You can listen to it 100 times and try to make heads or tails of it. But uh, this is, uh, date is 7-6-2016. So it's, uh, it's about a year old here, and this is when the police officer walks up to the car it only takes really a few seconds uh so i'm gonna go ahead and play it for you guys good how are you good uh, reason i put you over to you, your brake lights are out so you only have one activated active brake light and that's gonna be your passenger side one your third brake light which is up here on top and on this one back here it's gonna be out you have your license insurance So he hands him something. Sir, I have to tell you, I do have a okay. firearm okay. on me. Don't reach for it, then. Don't pull it out. Don't pull it out. every time so he the little little girl is in the back seat right right behind him uh when all this is taking place i mean it is amazing praise god seriously thank god for his mercy there that that little girl wasn't hit with a bullet uh i can't really understand how she wasn't and i'm not i I mean i mean that sincerely if you you watch the video itself you'll see i mean he's firing into the vehicle i don't know how she i don't even know how I don't know how his girlfriend didn't get hit. I don't know how the girl didn't get hit in the back seat. It's 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 actually seven I'm, shots. Man. I mean, was that seven? I, was I seven. I didn't. Okay. It's 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 powerful. So now let's go quickly to the the video of um, his girlfriend um, 
her her she went on to Facebook Live and started filming like right away. Uh, so I'll let you hear some of that just a minute so you can hear what she was saying when it happened. Now let me just say this. Let me just say that I do want to I do want to speak boldly to people who are responding like this. Hey, but you know what? There's a video out where she's smoking weed like a week earlier. Look at this video of her smoking weed a week earlier. Let me say, look, if you if you excuse the killing of another image bearer of God by going to a video from a week earlier where a girl is smoking marijuana and you somehow think that justifies now what well, he deserved to die. Why? Because his girlfriend was smoking weed. These people are, are of, of low character. Let me just say, look, that's not how God's justice works. And you don't want that. You don't want people to shoot you and treat and, and abuse you and mistreat you for sins in your past. Because the moment is what counts. The moment. What happened in that moment? You can't start now saying that we can give capital punishment to people because of their sins in the past uh, that aren't related to this at all. And so that doesn't work here. So let's listen to her video moments after. Stay with me. We got pulled over for a busted tail light in the back. And the police just, he's, he's, he's covered. He killed my boyfriend. He's licensed, he's carried to, he's licensed to carry. He was trying to get out his ID and his wallet out his um pocket and he let the officer know that he was, re- he had a firearm and he was reaching for his wallet and the officer just shot him in his arm. We're waiting Man, for a back. I will, sir, no worries, I will. Fuck. He just shot his arm off. We got pulled over on Larpener. I told him not to reach for it. I told him to get his hand open. He had, you told him to get his ID, sir, and his driver's license. Oh, my God. Please don't tell me he's dead. Please don't tell me my boyfriend just went like that. So here's, here's some things you can um, point to. Forensics showed that Castile had his gun in his pocket when they laid him on the gurney. So he had not pulled his weapon out. It wasn't even out of his pocket. Okay. okay, so that's what forensics showed. He actually had his, his weapon was still in his pocket, so he, he did not pull his gun out. So the officer did not see a weapon, and yet he fired. So he killed a man and didn't see a weapon. So that's important to note. Next thing that's important to note is that the uh, Castile actually told the officer himself that I just want you to know that I have a firearm. So he announced it, right? He didn't, he didn't surprise him. He didn't pull it out and scare him. He, he, he told him, I have a firearm. Which, by the way, for all you gun owners out there, people that know, you're supposed to tell a police officer as soon as you make contact, I have a weapon. Just so you know, you have to let him know that. And he did what he was supposed to do. That's his duty to do it. Now, what could have saved him, people have said, is, is if he followed that up with, what would you like me to do with it? That's what some people have said, like, you should say that. But, look, the, in hindsight, hindsight is always twenty twenty. Fine. Okay, but he notified the man, I have a weapon. Then you hear Castile say, I'm not... When he says, don't reach for it, he says, I'm not. And then his girlfriend says, he's not. So you have the announcement of a weapon, I'm not grabbing my weapon, and the woman saying, I'm not grabbing my weapon. Final thing I'll say on this. The police officer, if you watch the end of the video, where the other police officers are are debriefing, they ask him, and what he said was, I was nervous. Now, I want to say this. If I use that excuse in a court of law after I killed a human being and said I was nervous, then the defense or or prosecutor would probably say to me, have you ever been nervous in your past? Do you ever kill anybody? 
right? That's a, that's an appropriate question to ask. Have you been nervous? Now, the right, right thing to say is I was in fear for my life. But here's the thing. If this officer said I was in fear of my life, he had no justification to say that because the Castile told him I'm not. No weapon was shown. And his girlfriend's reiterating he's not going for his weapon. Right. Just because he has a weapon doesn't mean that you get to pull out your weapon and shoot him. Well, and the reason you say you notify the officer of a weapon, that's not the same as you saying I'm a threat. That's not why you're supposed to do that. Right. And it, it definitely doesn't mean that that the person saying it with a tone, well, I have a gun. I have a gun. Right. No. He, he's, he would have just said, just so you know, I have a registered weapon. Right. That's how it goes when you are in a traffic stop. It's not so that the police can instantly consider you a threat. Right. And it's certainly the exchange doesn't happen in a threatening way. That's right. <laughs> Ivy? Yeah. Um, several things go through my mind when it comes to um, seeing the video and hearing the audio over and over again. Um, is, you know, I, I'm, I'm still surprised that there are people right now on Facebook right now still justifying it. And first, you would have to call his girlfriend a liar. You know, right. and many people don't think about that, but you would have to call her a liar because she said, even in front of the officer, sir, he was reaching for his wallet. And then, and then you see at the end of the video, I counted at least three lies. One that he said, I told, you know, he was, he was trying to grab his gun. Then he had a, he had his hand position wider with a wider grip, you know? Yeah. 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 With a wider grip than than, than someone actually reaching for a wallet. Right there, I was just like, I was, I was done. But, but, he, but, but I count at least three. Some people maybe count more. At least three lies he said to the female officer that came to the scene later on. And um, I'm sitting there like, why are you lying <laughs> right after this incident? And this is no um, passing matter. It's just that, it's just that it's 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 it, it's ridiculous to try to justify even um Yanez himself to try to justify. I told him I told him this and and at the end of the video, all the things that he said he told him, like I said, I counted at least three things he did not say to Castile at all. And do I know that this was uh, racially motivated? No, I don't know. He said that uh, he was uh, nervous. You know, when I do bring up race, when I do bring up the fact that African-Americans are dying at the hands of um, police officers and, uh, you, you know, people are, are bothered by that. But that's the truth. And as a, as a in the black community, we we all hurt because we know that it, that can be any of us. My wife, when I showed her that video, she went weeping to our bedroom when I was in the living room showing her the video for the first time. And what's going through her mind is this man's family. And also you, when you leave the house, I don't know if you're going to come home. My wife doesn't know every time I leave the house, if I'm going to make it back home. But you know, in all fairness, without making it um, about race, I even put out a statement, Marcus um, uh, read this earlier, I believe, um, on Facebook, it says that we as Christians never should react like the world, right? Um, 
you know, but 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 this is what needs to be done. You know, uh, we should go to our local uh, legislators, open their um, the preach at police stations, uh, share the whole gospel. You know, the full uh, um, uh, council. And um, look, we you know, I'm 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 not going word for word here, but but we need as believers to come together with solutions. You know, and we already know what the solutions are. You know, to keep ourselves safe from these wicked men in power. You know, we need to start in our own communities and stop making excuses for every innocent killing slash murder. You know, and, and and um, can we take each other's side instead of the pagan? When it's right, of course. And um, when the black community hurts, we all, well, all of the brethren should sympathize with we us. Should, we right. should all hurt. As well as we should do that with other ethnicities as well. Well, that's, you know, so that's yeah, let's keep point. praying for the hurting and let's uh, bring Christ to the world, the gospel. And yes, racism still exists, but, but, but we know the core issue is to lay down these laws and hold everybody accountable to what God says in his law yeah. to do and not to do period. Yeah. Sin is the issue and justice is the issue. And let me just say, I think it'd be important to do. Why don't we just all try this together? Would you, would you willing to do an experiment with me? I've done it a bunch, okay? So I'm asking you to do it. If you're a listener right now and you're like, I don't know how to feel about this, or maybe you even disagree. Maybe you have your reasons right under disagree. Okay, all right. Well, let's talk. And let's use the word of God as a standard. Can you try an experiment? If 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 you don't want to go the if you if you hate the liberal and the left's narrative about all this, and it's all about racism, and all cops are racist, and all you know, all that stuff. If you if you hate that and you don't want to go that way, I feel you, neither do I. It's about injustice, and we need God's standards. But here's the experiment I'd like you to try. If, if you want to see what we're getting at, then I want you to do this. Go to YouTube and type in police shooting white male. Okay? Or look, uh, look up um, uh, police injustice white male or Asian or um, Hispanic. Okay? And I want you to watch all the videos that don't include black people. Watch all the videos that are just police officers abusing their authority and acting in unjust ways, violating the law of God and the laws of our nation. And I want you to see the streams of videos of uh, white men with families, 18-year-old white boys, Hispanic guys, 20 years old, 50 years old, being abused by police officers and recognize that the issue is not the issue fundamentally of race, but injustice. And laws, yeah. law, the laws of God being violated. And here's the point. I made a post recently, and I, I said, what we need right now is the law of God as a standard. In our nation, we stood on the law of God in many, many ways. That's, that's where your Bill of Rights come from, comes from, by the way. Christians fought long and hard to make sure those things were a part of our culture and, and worldview. And when the Bill of Rights came about, it was based upon the law of God. And it wasn't just this little experiment Christians in North America were doing. It was from a long history of Christians going through injustices uh, all throughout history. And they fought long and hard to make the word of God the foundation and biblical principles the foundation. Okay, So early on, we were standing on the law of God. And our nation has said, we don't want you, God. We don't want God. We turn away from God. And we want to say, we're the gods. We're the standard. And here's the problem. Human beings make awful gods. We are unjust. We are unjust. And as soon as we kicked Jesus out, as soon as we kicked him out, we also kicked out justice. We said no to God, and we said no to his justice. And now what we have 
is arbitrary standards of justice. And all the left is doing and non-Christians are doing is they're saying, well, let's try these standards instead. And they're just giving us more arbitrary standards. What we need is our nation to come to Jesus and be saved and to start pointing to God's law as a standard so there would be justice in our land. That's the issue. It has ultimately nothing to do with skin color. Is there hatred in people's hearts? Yes, but you can't solve that by government. What you can solve is injustice. You can fix it, but we need Jesus. Marcus, last words? I just think, you know, it's important, you know, none of us here are anti-police like we don't think that that police are uh the the role of a police officer is inherently evil or wicked we we do suggest police reform uh, ways that we ways that we can make uh the police uh occupation more biblical and just but that's not a blanket statement that all police are evil but on the, on the same uh, scale, I would like the people who there who, who do support police, whether you have family members or, or you are a police, to not shield any sort of crit- criticism that police get because, because, that, because of the dangers of their job. So a lot of people were saying, well, you know, a police officer, when he goes out there, his only goal is, is to make sure that he comes home at night. Well, that doesn't give him the right to be unjust and to shoot someone uh, because he wants to get home at night. That wouldn't work on any other on any other career that someone had. He just wanted to get home at night, right? right? So, so they, they they are in a dangerous job that requires them to do things dangerously. Like instead of shooting first, can I tase him or can I use a baton? Like there's other ways to bring down someone without shooting at first sign of fear. Or know for sure they have a weapon. Or right. know for sure they have a weapon. So so just to say, well, he wants to make sure that he got home at night. That's not a that's it's or not he has really a job and you don't know what police think. That's not a good argument. Like cause no. that's not that wouldn't work anywhere else. And so that I, I just want to encourage people to do that. Just don't police are not above criticism any more than firemen are. <laughs> or ambulance, or right? So, so or any 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 or the postal, or right? pastors, right? That's right. So, so you know, um, I, I think it's still wrong when the UPS driver doesn't knock on the door before delivering a package. That doesn't mean I hate all UPS drivers, <laughs> right? I want justice. <laughs> I just want justice. I want my package. Right. That's my problem. Right, right. So, Joe, That's you guys got to you, you got to get the the ring. I know. The ring, keep telling, the ring. Ring. I keep telling people we need the ring. Joy, final words. Um, I guess my final word is that we all need to stop operating under assumptions because assumptions killed a man in this instance. And um, you don't... Basically, it's not real until you know it's real. Um, but it's unfortunate because it applies obviously in many ways in this instance because he made this police officer made assumptions and based off of those assumptions he took a man's life um so if the threat isn't real there is no threat to all of us saying there's we're not threatening police or anything like that um i would just say across the board i hope this is coming out right but across the board you, you don't need to make assumptions about how a person feels about a police officer. You don't need to make assumptions. The, the thing that actually happened in this instance was that a man got murdered 
and that justice should be served and that's what you should focus on there you go the thing that really happened in real life not thought policing or maybe you think someone's thinking this or whatever yeah iv last words yes um my hope and my prayer is just that um it's i'm just i, I mean i just want to talk to uh you know the christian the christians in particular to um be sensitive to our brothers and our sisters in Christ. And as I said before, as the scripture says, mourn with those who mourn. Don't be so insensitive to try to um, jump at an officer's aid and justify his actions that that, that were clearly unbiblical. And um, I put a post up on my uh, Facebook wall and it's dealing with white and black. It says, it's from time.com, police, kill too many people white and black and so yes it, this is true it's not just it's not just black people getting gunned down we all need to come together and stop justifying a lot uh, uh, of what's going on um when it comes to our our justice system that that don't even you know that doesn't even bring about justice um but 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 rather the opposite uh, brings about um, a tyranny and oppression of the people in America. And so we all need to be careful. We all need to be alert, but we all need to come together and figure out how um, we can tackle this giant, you know, because that's what it is. But one thing good about giants is they can die. They can be killed. And, uh, and I know that's been done already in Christ, but he's given us a task to do that as believers. So Amen. that's all I have to say about that. Love you, dude. Love you a bunch. Love you too. Love you guys. All right. All right, Thank guys. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. Thanks yeah. for being on. Apologiastudios.com is where you guys go. Share this episode. Let's start a conversation, guys. Thank you guys to everyone who blesses us, prays for us, gives towards the work of Apologia Church to bring the gospel around the world. Sign up for all access, guys. Partner with us in some ministry. So much more. It's coming very, very soon, and we're excited to show it to you. So stay with us, guys. Thank you for another episode. Catch you next week. Hey, guys, don't fast forward through this commercial. Important message for you guys. We're meeting at a new location for Apologia Church worship services. I'm Jeff Durbin, pastor at Apologia Church. Join us for worship 4 p.m. on Sundays. Uh, we are a family integrated church. Sorry, do I introduce myself? They yeah, don't you know can who say joy. I am. Yeah, you can say joy. I don't. You can this cut is this for so church, just talk though. About yeah. But what do I do at the church? They're going to be like, that's one of those churches that has a lady pastor. I want to keep this as a, as a part of the commercial. <laughs> I want you to leave this. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> uh, this is Luke the Bear, discipleship pastor at Apologia Church. And the new location we're meeting at. Like Jeff said, it's Tempe Vineyard Church. I think you said it was Tempe Vineyard Church. No, I didn't. You didn't, but that's okay. <laughs> you just did. The address okay. is 1805 East Elliott Road, number 112, Tempe, Arizona, 85284. That is on the southeast corner of McClintock and Elliott. Bring your wives, bring your kids, and bring your husbands too, because we're teaching everybody up in here. Bring your beards, if you got them. Or no. It's up to you. I'll have mine. All right, guys. That's our new commercial. I think it's professional. <laughs> we'll see you at Apology at Church. Join us for worship.
Apologyourchurch.com. Thank you.